Three, Go on. two, one. Do that one again. I fucked that one up. You did. I was I, waiting I, for you I, to I, blame me right, there. No, no, hands up. I fucked that. Okay. Three, two, one. Now, I may have fucked that one up as well. I went a little bit earlier. Oh, for fuck's sake. Fuck's right. sake. Three, two, one. Now, we got that one. Right. Okay. Feel confident with that one. Hello and welcome all in to the MO Podcast. As always, you're here with me, Contamatious Ant. And me, Atreya. And today, we are actually going to be visiting your neck of the woods, Atreya, and discussing some insurance fraud. With <laughs> Wait, wait, what, 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 why is this my neck of the woods? I haven't done no insurance fraud. Well, not, you, I never said it was you, I mean, we keep, we, we won't. <laughs> Fucking put that on record. Uh, <laughs> we're discussing John the Canoe Guy. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, I thought you were legit like accusing me of doing some insurance fraud. I was like, I ain't done no insurance fraud. That, and where you got that from? That we know about. Uh, I wouldn't even know where to start. I need to take some tips off HH Holmes. Well, yeah, indeed. Maybe, maybe if anyone wants to commit insurance fraud, maybe you'll get some ideas from... This guy, but I don't think he will because he was fucking stupid. Like, mm-hmm. I was aware of this when it happened, and it was like, uh, yeah, whatever. But then, just how simple was he to. Yeah. Well, I was going to say get away with it, but he never got away with it because he was a fucking idiot. So, uh, on. December the 1st, 2007, John Darwin walked into London's West End police station and told the desk sergeant, I think I'm a missing person. Now, this was news to the desk sergeant, as John Darwin had been legally dead since 2003, and his wife had been living off his life insurance and pension for four years. At the least, he was a suspicious person rather than a missing one. So, five and a half years earlier, on the 21st of March 2002, John had gone for a paddle in his homemade kayak. So, already, this seems legit. Who who makes a kayak at home? Someone with far too much time on their hands. I wouldn't even know where to start. So... He went out in Tees Bay, which is in County Durham. Now, whether intentional or not, he made sure that there was witnesses. And Howie Russon, one of his neighbours, saw John on his little outing. And he would be the last person to see John for a couple of years. Let's not say (laughs) all that time, because, yeah. 
So later that day, Darwin was reported missing by his wife, Anne, after he didn't show for work, and all the phone calls that she made to him went unanswered. Now, because it was obviously he went out in the sea, a large sea search took place in which 160 square kilometres of shoreline was combed over to see if anything came, if there was any evidence of him but nothing was found on the first day now the sea was unusually calm and rescuers did question how darwin could have got into any trouble he had a homemade kayak so he had a little bit of knowledge (laughs) of the sea whether it was good knowledge or not i was gonna say i think the uh, investigation starts and bloody ends there he had a homemade kayak yeah hmm yeah. there we go there you go yeah Little... didn't end well yeah. it was cardboard it was made out of a bunch of walker's crisp boxes that he got from asda yeah and it was du- and duct tape mod, mod podge yeah mm-hmm. uh now the next day his double-headed paddle was recovered and the wreckage of his canoe was found floating out at sea. Now, after an operation that cost in excess of £150,000, national press exposure and months of appeal by his wife and the Cleveland police, nothing more was discovered about Darwin's disappearance. So, in April of 2003 a coroner in Hartlepool recorded an open verdict at an inquest into Darwin's death and he was legally declared dead don't let Hartlepoolians do anything why did they let them do that yeah so (sighs) they hung a monkey because they thought it was a French spy okay (laughs) exactly and I'm not pointing the finger of blame at anyone but no, just don't. Let's let's let the proper coroners do it. Yeah. Let's head on up to Newcastle sort of way. Yeah. Uh, so, <sighs> after he was legally declared dead, his life insurance of £250,000 went directly to Anne. Also, his pension from the prison service and uh, he was a prison officer and a teacher, that pension went to Anne as well. Now, unbeknownst to everyone, including his two sons, Darwin was alive and well. And he had come up with a cunning plan to pay off their debts and finally become rich. So cunning, you can brush your teeth with it. Yeah, it was as cunning as a fox that has just been... (laughs) Been promoted to the Professor of Cunning at Oxford University. <laughs> uh, but it wasn't, it wasn't really. Maybe, probably Salford Professor of Cunning, because it really wasn't that fucking clever. Uh, so, John Darwin was a former prison officer and a teacher that he'd always tried, he always wanted to be rich. He'd come up with get rich quick schemes which included mm-hmm. breeding african snails for local restaurants <laughs> to sell as a delicacy so this is the always wanted to try a giant snail yeah this is the caliber of intelligence we're 
dealing with. He also started painting your favourite gnomes, and he would flog them off at local car boots. Why do people buy them? Yeah, well, he kind of nearly found a market for them. Uh, and even he even signed his son Anthony up with a door-to-door catalogue company when Anthony was 15 years old, trying to earn some passive revenue off him. Your dad sells Avon. Yeah. So, it was... He did get a little bit of a bump of his income, and he had the opportunity to start a property empire. Uh, He started buying houses and converted them into bedsits and renting them out. And due to some creative accounting, he managed to quickly purchase 13 properties within the local area. Now, two of these included number three and number four at the cliff, which had see they were sea view period townhouses. They both included three floors and seven bedrooms. He also owned a Range Rover with a personalised number plate, so you maybe see where his financial troubles started. (laughs) Now, rather than consolidating his debt or talking to his bank or any financial advisors or being absolutely honest with himself and declaring bankruptcy, his get-out-of-jail-free card was that he would have to declare himself legally dead. That's a bit of a stretch. It's going, like, from zero to a hundred in the quickest time possible. There were so many options open to him, and he just went, nah, that's sensible. I am going <laughs> to come pretend... I'm going to do a Reggie Perry and fucking... I don't understand that he thought that this was the simplest option. Like, I have never tried it, by the way, as you can clearly tell. But I just don't necessarily think that it would be easy to fake your own death. It, <laughs> not, not in this day and age, anyway. No. I mean, you know. I mean... Alfred Lowenstein might have done it, but... Yeah. John Darwin ain't going to get away with it. No, and we'll... we'll, we'll the amount of evidence that comes up certainly proves that you need to be of a higher intelligence than him to do it. Uh, But according to his wife, Anne, Darwin couldn't live with the shame of declaring bankruptcy. So he was pretty set in his ways and couldn't be talked out of paddling off into the sea. So off he went in his little boat. Uh, But instead of disappearing forever... He had his wife pick him up from the car park. (laughs) She then dropped him at a train station. And as soon as she returned home, Anne picked up the phone and reported Darwin missing. Were they not caught on any kind of CCTV at the train station? It's a thing that train stations have, I feel, as CCTV. I know. This is what I can't believe. I can't believe it went so far (laughs) into the... And uh, as it progresses, it just gets madder and madder of how he got away with it for so fucking long. Uh, (laughs) So, after a few weeks in the wilderness... Darwin, now sporting a new beard and a new name, which was John Jones, 
coincidentally, <laughs> he had stolen this from a dead child. Wow. Yeah. He arrived back in County Durham. Now, rather than... He, he wanted to avoid raising suspicions, so rather than go to a flat-letting agency and be asked for references, or even try and spend money on a hotel because they may need ID and stuff, Darwin moved next door into the family house. <laughs> now... It was connected by a fake door, which, fair enough, give him a bit of kudos for that. What kind of fake door? So one of the- Like a pull the candlestick and the bookcase comes away kind of thing? No, so it was basically just, it was in a cupboard, but if, when you look at the door, the door frame was like MDF. It wasn't actually a door frame, so it was just just they just found this cupboard and they they dug it through. It's just fucking anyway. Uh, <laughs> so when friends came round to the family home, Darwin would bolt next door into his little room, and when strangers came round, he would be. Described as the odd job man that helped looked after all of <laughs> Anne's properties. Ah. <laughs> now, but only when strangers came round, not when the neighbours came round, because the neighbours would be like, "That odd job man, he look, doesn't he look just like?" No, it can't be, can't be. He's got a beard. So, the guy didn't have a beard. It so, can't be him. So you say that. But he was even asked by someone called Lee Wardrop, aren't you supposed to be dead? <laughs> after he, <laughs> Me? No, I'm the odd job man. Don't be ridiculous. Why would I be dead? After he, This was after he recognised Darwin. And Darwin's reply was, shh, don't tell anyone about this. <laughs> So, Instead of, I think you've got me confused with somebody else. Exactly. He just went, <laughs> I am. Oh, sh- <laughs> uh, <laughs> for fuck's sake Lee, <sighs> Lee later claimed that he, he didn't report it to the police because he didn't want to get involved with the police which is kind of fine snitches get stitches yeah don't stick your beacon in it uh, so in 2004 the couple visited Cyprus with a view to invest in property there now he'd used his fake name to obtain a passport so basically he went to the local his local town hall place of records and ordered a a birth certificate of someone who was born around about his time had the same first name as him and amazingly apparently you can do that without presenting any id you can just go and order a birth certificate uh really yeah yeah Oh, or you could in 2004, at least. I hope they've tightened up the rules. But I was going to say, that seems awfully unsafe for identity theft. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but amazingly, when he'd registered for, registered for this passport, he used his fake name, but he used his home address. So... <laughs> he's not really up there on the clever skills. 
And in fairness, Cleveland police weren't either in 2004 because they just let all this slide by. Uh, Was he hoping, like, that if somebody said to him, that's really weird, dude, because there used to be a bloke called John who lived in your house, but he went missing. Yeah. Hang on a minute. You know know what? He didn't have a beard, though, so... Can't be him. Yeah, I I think he's safe. We've, I mean, we've said it before, but I feel like this is 100% a case of one of those fake, like, big black rim glasses yeah. with the nose and the fake tash. Yeah. Like, he was just wearing that around. Groucho Marx, like, definitely. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Darwin still had dreams of becoming rich, and in 2005, he flew out to Kansas to buy a ranch. Now, he did this with the help of an American he had met over the internet. Now, most of the time, when he was staying in his secret room, he spent time on the internet. Oh, God. Don't we all? Uh, (laughs) When we're in our secret rooms. Uh, (laughs) I mean, so I've heard. Dude, your your secret room is your living room. It's not very secret. Please don't do that in front of your wife. I know, yeah. I tell you what, the window cleaners, when they come round, they must hate it. I bet you don't have the same window cleaner. Like it's a one-off kind of deal, and then they switch to like somebody else because they're all too busy getting therapy. <laughs> I've been through a few. Uh, so Darwin wanted to start up a cattle business and a horse riding school. And when he seen the prices of ranches in Kansas, he thought this could be the way to make money. Now, he wanted Kelly Steele, who he'd met over the internet, to renovate it and run the business. And he would basically be a silent partner. He needs to pick a niche, really. Yeah, I think he's just all over the place. That's I He's mean, got the student accommodation. He's got the, the timeshare in Cyprus. Now he wants a ranch in Kansas. Like, just pick a market and, and stick with it. Yeah, and in fairness, within a few hours of him being at Kelly's home, she'd banned him from her house and she started to have major misgivings. So what Kelly said was that he basically started to get undressed in the middle of the front room. What? Why? Because he's just fucking not right. I don't know why. Did 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 he think that he was like gonna get lucky? I I don't know because Kelly was married. She had a family, so I I genuinely he's married with a family. Yeah, I don't know where internet friends in it. I mean. Yeah. Uh, so. I mean, we're internet friends, but I'm not going to just walk into your living room and start taking my clothes off. I might never get to leave. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, I feel I may do the same. The window, uh, window cleaners uh, will be doubly traumatized. <laughs> <laughs> so. Kelly was starting to have major misgivings about Darwin. And when he brought up moving in with Kelly and her family and living there permanently rather than being a silent investor who who was looking from afar, she basically turned around and said, no, you're going to have to leave now. And I don't mean my house. I mean, just leave town and go back from where you would come from. We'll deal with this over the internet. What is this, guys? I don't... I... 
So you So you go through all the different business ideas. This is like it's almost Keenan and Kel, isn't it? You know when Keenan always has some kind of ploy to make money. It's this very Keenan and Kel. Except he's gone to make a business in a ranch with some horse riding lessons and then decided, hey, actually I could probably just live here, couldn't I? That would be a good idea. No, you don't just move into somebody's house that you've just gone into business with. Yeah, I don't think he thinks any of his ideas through. I just think he thinks he'll invest money and then the next day, as soon as he's put that money in, he'll start turning a profit. He doesn't understand that there's a little bit of legwork that goes with it. I know a few people like that, so yeah. Yeah, it's fair enough. Yeah. Uh, Now, when the renovation was taking too long... Darwin started to demand his money back. And he created a fictional mobster that would kidnap Kelly and her children if she didn't pay him back. He just came That's up so adorable. He just came up with an Italian sounding name that he apparently knew from New York and he would come there and Kidnap her, kidnap her children, kidnap her sister if he couldn't get hold of her. I, I fucking I don't know. But in the do- in one of the documentaries I watched, Kelly was she was frightened for her life, and she said she she slept with a loaded shotgun next to her bed and stuff. So she took these threats seriously. But, but why? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I There's have to nothing say. about this guy that you can take seriously. Yeah, but she didn't know him from Adam. And with hindsight... He got undressed is, in her living room, yeah, dude. Yeah, He doesn't know anybody in a gang. He's he just, doesn't even know the local gang that that covers the corner shop. Exactly. Never mind a, a bigwig in fucking New York. Yeah, he's just a fucking idiot. Uh-huh. I would have called his bluff. I think, yeah. But then if you put in that situation, uh, I, I don't know. Uh, like, I don't know. He's a, He's a bit of an idiot. Yeah. He's come up with some stupid ideas, then he's getting undressed in my living room, and then he says, when I tell him to fuck off, I know a bloke in New York who I'm going to get to murder you. I, and I, I, he's, he's called Nick Gelato. That was pretty much the <laughs> name, I'll be honest. <laughs> he's going he's to come round your house and he's going to fill you in. I'd be like, bring the Gelato blokey here. Just bring him here. I'll show him some ice cream of my own. <laughs> you just know. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I, to be honest with you, 100%, I'd be the same. But we kind of, with that, I think it's an English mentality that we have. And it's just like, you're a fucking idiot. Kelly did actually say to him when he started undressing, like, I don't know what you do in your country, but we don't do that here. So I think it, 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 it's a bit of a naivety on her part. She that. just thinks that British people just fucking strip off in their business partners' houses. Yeah, I, I just think that she thinks anyone outside the US is different and that she don't want to mess with them. Anyway, I'm not... I can't I mean, right, that, okay, so from an American perspective, that's fair enough, but they need to pick a side, right? Because are we prim and proper and we have sex with all our clothes on, right? Or do we strip off in front of rando strangers that we've just met? And have gangsters. Pick a side. (laughs) (laughs) 
pick, pick a side. <laughs> Which are we? Do we say jolly holly hockey sticks all the time, or do we go? I'm gonna fucking get Nick Gelato down. He's gonna fucking fuck you up. Like pick, pick one. But that's it as well because I don't really find the. I'm not gonna say Geordie, but the northeast accent that that scary to be honest with you mate that is because you ain't never been in greg's at 10 p.m on a saturday night <laughs> i suppose i suppose i will uh, tell you shit gets real <laughs> <laughs> when there's one steak bake left fuck me. you have to you have to consider how important is my life <laughs> do i enjoy being alive oh but they're so good <laughs> I don't feel like the North is singularly the only people that are obsessed with Greg's. So I'm fairly sure if you walked into Greg's at 10 p.m. where you are, you'd have the same. Oh yeah, oh oh, without a shadow of a doubt, I would. It would just wouldn't even fucking do it. It'd just be carnage, you know. Uh, Exactly, they just wouldn't be. Yeah, you know. I want to. I want to speak liver. Like want to speak Scouse right now, and that's completely not even the right region. Like I'm. No, I can't do it. Yeah. I, I just, I just, I want to say Geordie. Can I have a steak, bacon, a can of coke? And that's just not Geordie. That is just. <laughs> I mean, just stick your head out the window and ask someone to say it. <laughs> Jesus wept. Oh, mate, can I have a steak, bacon, a can of coke? There you go. It's still, it's terrible. I usually do it so well, but it's terrible. I because I've got Liverpool in my head for some reason. I don't know why. Do continue. Sorry. Yeah. Cheers. Ah, uh, so. <laughs> In 2006, the Darwins travelled to Panama, again with the idea of investing in property. And they made such a splash in Panama that they had their photographs taken and published on a real estate website. (laughs) As you do. yeah. Yeah. This, when they were caught, this caused a rag newspaper to publish the picture with the headline of Canoes This in Panama. (laughs) Which is fucking, I hate the paper, but that's a fucking great headline. That is genius. I love that. That's brilliant. Uh, Kudos to those guys. So the couple eventually bought a two-bedroom property in Panama City and an estate in the village of Escobal that was worth £200,000. Again, they were going to renovate it and build on. So in October of 2007, Anne sold the family home and moved permanently to Panama. She told her sons she was going there to start a new life. But un- you know, do. Yeah, exactly. Just, just, just do that. Uh, unbe- unbeknownst, if your mum did that to you, like just come home and went, I'm moving to Panama to start a new life. I'd be like, whoa, whoa, All right? Let's just have a conversation. Are you having a midlife crisis because a motorbike might be cheaper? Yeah, a tattoo is significantly cheaper, and a toy boy can do you that for free. Yeah, just make me. Let me make some calls. Like, so it, it, it's a little bit out of left field, and. At this point, well, uh, the boys thought that their dad was dead. So, I mean, it's been, what, four years now since they're thinking that he's been dead? So, why she's not taken up another lover or anything? I don't know why that didn't cross anyone's mind here, but... Yeah, why didn't she get naked in anybody's living room? Exactly. Uh, But she sold the family home, she started a new life, but unbeknownst to the couple... 
they were already under a police investigation because someone had stuck the beak in and a co-worker had reported a suspicious phone call that she overheard Anne having and she thought the person on the other end was Darwin. Now, <laughs> did, did, did she say, John Darwin, you, t- you call me that one more fucking time? Probably. She was... <laughs> She's she's not all that clever either, to be quite So, on the 30th of November 2007, Darwin travelled back to the UK because after more than five years, he'd started to miss his sons. Only just. Yeah, exactly. Now, what seems suspicious about this is that obviously both sons were unaware, but... Coincidentally, Panama had updated their investor laws. So, to actually get an investor visa in Panama, now you had to have your ID uh, confirmed by the police of your own country. So, he kind of thought, I may have got away the beard so far, but I think if CID are going to look at it, I don't think they're going to think that I am John Jones. (laughs) Uh, Now, Darwin walked into the police station on the 1st of December and he said, I think I'm a missing person. But he quickly crumbled under interrogation. Uh, Yeah, Kel Surprise. Anne Darwin was arrested after flying back to England. She first started to claim that she was overjoyed that her husband had been found alive and well after all these years. But when the police just went onto the website, the real estate website, and showed them the picture, her ass started to twitch a little bit. Uh, and would, would you not have said, like, if it was me and this was my, my scam, right, I would be like... <gasps> I just, I thought he looked so much like John that that I just, I don't know, part of me just wanted a relationship with him just to feel close to my dead husband. I didn't, if I'd have known that it was really him. Seriously, that would have been a better fucking excuse. (laughs) It would, uh, it was, and. What was her excuse then? She didn't have one, she just kind of crumbled and said he he was a manipulator, he he was very strong-willed, it was all Oh, so she blamed it on him straight away, right? Yeah. I mean, the unbelievable part is that this picture had been found by a member of the public who had just googled her fucking name. They didn't do any in-depth investigation, just someone went... (laughs) Oh, number two on Google search, <laughs> and they contacted the rag newspaper. It came. It came from this paper, and the the paper gave the police the picture. So I'm sure that lad got a tenner for his troubles for googling <laughs> that. Fucking hell! I would like to think it'd be two hundred and fifty quid. Well, it's not Jeremy Beadle, is it? They're not that fucking good. Ah, uh, well, true, but. So it's police, isn't it? Well, yeah. I mean, after the amount of money they recouped from him, I think he, I hope he got a bit more than that. But uh, <laughs> on the twenty third of July two thousand and eight, the couple were sentenced. And 
just bizarrely, Anne got more time than John did. <laughs> Even what? though How? John Why? John had an extra charge of a fraudulent passport. So I, d- I don't. I, I really think we need to revamp the legal system. Yeah, I mean, I sh- they got sentenced to, they both got sentenced, I think, six years. John got sentenced six years, three months. Anne got six years, six months. But as we have a broken legal system, they were both released in 2011. So. Oh, fuck my life. Serve three years. Ah. Uh, the CPS announced that the entire, just over half a million of insurance and pension payouts had been recovered by selling off the couple's assets. And by 2015, the couple were reported to have no assets left to liquidate. So they got the money back and they still owe a little bit of money. But I'd like to say it's nothing, but I think it's about 100 grand that they owe. Uh if they borrowed off the provies, it's going to be more than a hundred grand. They could have borrowed a tenner, and it'll still be way more than a hundred grand in interest. Yeah. Uh, so as I said, both the Darwin sons, Anthony and Mark, haven't had contact with the parents since the incident. And in just just to describe Anne's character, she kind of had a main character syndrome moment when she was being interrogated. She said, "My sons will never forgive me. They knew nothing." They thought John was dead. Now they are going to hate me. Yeah. So that's probably why she got a longer sentence. She was also described as a pathological liar by the police. Uh, Oh, you reckon? Yeah. Everything she kind of said, she threw, well, maybe John was controlling or whatever in their private life, but she kind of deflected and said, nothing of this is my fault. Even though she quite happily spent the insurance money. Spent the money. money. Picked him up from the fucking gonna... car park after he'd claimed to be dead. And I was going to say, uh, I wish he didn't mind please. spending the money if he was so controlling. Yeah. So. Uh, so these people are actually still out there somewhere in my community right now. Yes, they have been released uh, as of 2011. To be fair, I mean, 2000, no, it's nine years ago. They should be up in their 60s. Uh, or something now. Oh, God, my landlord's in his 60s. Yeah, it could be him. Uh, it, oh, for fuck's sake. They've got, they've, they've got farmers' landlords. So, oh, I'm uh, so getting evicted. Yeah, well, if he comes in and starts undressing in your living room, you know you oh, know definitely. who it is. How awesome an episode would that make, though? <laughs> oh, you better believe we're making an episode out of it if it happens. <laughs> I'm not letting that opportunity slip. <laughs> I might ring him now and tell him the boiler's off. (laughs) (laughs) Just to see what happens. (laughs) But you may think you're just hitting on him, which would make the situation a little bit awkward. Uh, Mm. But yeah, so on that bombshell, uh, (laughs) I don't think there's anything more to say there. This has been the MO Podcast with me, Contemptuous Ant. And me, Atreya. Thank you all so much for joining us, and we shall see you next time. Bye. Bye. The M.O. Podcast. The M.O. Podcast. The M.O. Podcast. The M.O. Podcast. The M.O. Podcast.